The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. All right, Ben. Um, let's, let's, let's move on from the transfer conversation. Let's get this LSU-Tennessee uh, game in and um, – Man, let's let's call it before Comcast make made me go crazy. Um, I want to make sure that on the podcast that when folks go to it, um, that they at least get a conversation about one of the biggest games in the country that's going to be taking place tomorrow. That is Tennessee. That is LSU. A Tennessee team that's pulled off a big win so far this season against uh, the number one net-rated team in the country in, in in Arizona. Beat them on their home floor. Tennessee in that game looked like a top-five team. Two nights ago, did not look like a ranked team. Now you have an opportunity to play an LSU um, ball club that is uh, ferocious on defense, just like Tennessee, a team that has in a program that's gotten the best of Tennessee the last couple of matchups. There's certainly ties, Will Wade in Tennessee, Will Wade being from the state, and according to my sources, wanted the job at some point. Back in the day, all the mess, uh, certainly not loved by – SEC fans, but man, uh, this is a great opportunity for Tennessee. Great opportunity, man. This is going to be a BYOB game, right? Or BYOG game is what Dabo Sweeney would call it. Bring your own guts. It's going to be a good one, Ben. It's going to be a good one. 865 is our telephone number. Are you ready to watch? A 12-round heavyweight boxing match between Tennessee and LSU. I think you asked me. Uh, at least it cut in midway through your sentence, so I'm going to assume I did. that you were. Uh, I, I am ready. I think I'm ready, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous for tomorrow. Uh, this is you, you summed it up perfectly. This is going to be a heavyweight boxing match, and... This is the the two top defenses in the country, uh, according to the analytics and according to the statistics. Uh, if you look at Ken Palm, LSU has the top defense in the country in defensive efficiency, and Tennessee has the second best defense in the country. And LSU does everything well defensively. They 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 turn you over. They they make it tough on you to make shots. Uh, they're they're fourth in the country in defensive effective field goal percentage, and they they don't allow you to shoot the ball well from three. They don't allow you to get in the paint and score. They they don't allow you to get to the free throw line. They block your shots. I, I mentioned that they that they turn you over. They're number one in steal percentage. They they do a lot of things well defensively they do everything well defensively and offensively they're not as dominant offensively but they they still do uh things well on the offensive end swain um they're best at offensive rebounding they they hit the the offensive glass really well and you pair that with what they do defensively in the paint not allowing you to score and it makes sense when when you see just how tall of a team they are. They're they're a very tall team. Uh, Efton Reed, they're in the the paint, the brother of former LSU player uh, Nas Reed, who Tennessee fans are very familiar with. Uh, Darius Days, it feels like he's been at LSU for ten years. Uh, he he's a senior and kind of plays that four spot for them, and, and they have other guys that that rotate in there in, in the post as well. So this. This game reminds me of the Arizona game, Swain. And I, I think Olivier Camois, John Fulkerson, 
and Urosh Plavshik, uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield. And he'll he'll be thrown in there at some point in the first half and in the second half. And those those four post players, and obviously I'm mainly talking about the three that play the most. They're going to have to have a big game. Um, they're they're going to have to. Uh, I, I know Santiago and Josiah and Pal and Victor. They they need to knock down shots. Kennedy needs to play well and and not turn the basketball over. Zakai needs to play well, not turn the basketball over. I, I recognize all those things and factors, but this this game is going to be won or lost based off of how the post plays. And, and I think it's as really as 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 simple as that. Um, and it, it's going to be a heavyweight boxing match, like like you mentioned. And Tennessee's going to have to bring it, particularly those guys in the post, because that that is where LSU is strongest. No, you 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 mentioned the post, and I one thousand percent agree. It's going to take the intensity um, and the focus and the and the toughness to grab rebounds, and rebounds is want to blocking out is want to. In the Kentucky LSU game, it seemed like a lot of those fifty fifty balls were going in the direction of LSU. And we can't allow that to happen. We have to grab those 50-50 balls. You saw in the Mississippi State game, a lot of tie-ups, a lot of guys on the floor. We grabbed those 50-50 balls in the in the second half late when we was you know sparking the comeback, did come back and win that game in overtime. We have to win those 50 balls. We have to. Blocking out. We got to be tough. We can't let those guys push us around. Folky will either show up or he's going to get exposed. Uro, same way. Olivier, same. Holly Hatfield, same way. Because LSU, physically, in the post, they're going to push you around. If you don't fight, if you don't fight back, you don't man up, it's going to show. It's going to show up in a big-time way. I think our tensity level needs to be at an all-time high because that atmosphere down in, in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center, it gets going. We saw that in the Kentucky game. That Rick crowd Barnes summed up what you're saying perfectly. What do you say? The night's win. He, he's, and, and you've alluded to this uh, several times over the last couple of weeks. And hmm. uh, the last two days, I, I've been wait, waiting for you to mention it again so I can inform you what Rick said Wednesday night after the game. He said, he told the team before the Ole Miss game on Wednesday, I think during shoot-around, or maybe it was in practice the day before, but going into the Ole Miss game, he told the guys that we are a physically tough team, but that they need to get tougher mentally. Mm-hmm. And and I, I thought, obviously, I've agreed with you for several weeks and, and certainly agree with, with Rick. I, I completely agree with that assessment that Tennessee is physically very tough and they do play hard. They do. Um, Everybody other night when, when they're struggling offensively, Oh, they're not playing hard. They are, they are playing hard just because, just because they're losing and not playing well, doesn't mean that, that they're not playing hard. And and to me like that, when, when people say that, like, can there's no better way to show that you know nothing about sports if that's your crutch then then quit talking about sports because it happens all the time it's everybody's crutch when things aren't going well oh they're not playing hard that's not true tennessee just can't make a shot they're missing open shots and and they have sloppy turnovers when when they're just handing the ball to Ole miss they're not executing if if effort wasn't an issue then players would not be diving on the floor even in the midst of this madness and this inefficiency on offense, like guys are diving on the floor, even when they're struggling. So um, I I did agree with Rick and have agreed with what you've been saying for weeks that Tennessee is a a physically tough team, but they need to get tougher mentally. And this weekend, tomorrow night, six o'clock down, down in Baton Rouge, it's, it's really going to be tested. Yep. I remember last time, um, and maybe it wasn't the last time, but I remember Xavier Pinson here when he was at Mizzou. He gave us some buckets. So he is more than capable, man. That that Kennedy Chandler, 
Xavier Pinson battle is going to be fun, fun, fun. You got a senior that grew up playing in the streets of Chicago, uh, went to Simeon, one of the powerhouse programs in the entire country, historical, uh, just very, very prestigious uh, high school there in Chicago. And um, he's, you know, he's a veteran uh, up against Kenny Chandler. And this is a game where you say, hey, man, Kennedy, go compete. Go, go, go compete. Go, go, go be you. Do you. Don't turn the ball over. But we need you to be you, man. You got to take the chains off of Kennedy a little bit, I think. But Viscova is going to be key. This is going to be a team effort. It's not going to be all oh, this wait. And, and sit around and let one guy go for 20 and everybody else just do a little bit um, and ride one guy. I think it's going to be a team effort. Everyone's got to pull their share of the load to be able to beat LSU on the road, man. This team is intense. And defensively, whoo, they are they are stingy. They are tough just like we are. And we got to prevent those fast break points. Make them play in the half-court game. Make Darius days. Make, make those tough contested shots because he will take those tough and contested shots. All he needs is a little slither of light. He thinks he's Steph Curry. He has a he has a pretty shot. Don't get me wrong, but only Steph Curry can shoot the way he's shooting while being contested. There's days will shoot it with a hand in his face. He just needs a little bit of a daylight, a little bit of daylight, and he has a nice stroke. So he's more than capable of making a lot of them, but he's also capable of losing. Uh, you know, shooting them out of the game and missing those shots. So uh, important to block out. Going to be some long rebound because LSU takes some some orthodox threes, threes that you wouldn't think teams would take because they're not open. LSU will let it fly. Yes, and and when when you look at it statistically, I I feel better uh, about Tennessee's chances than I do just in terms of of watching with the naked eye because. I, I wrote a story yesterday for VolQuest, Swain, Plug. about about how Tennessee is hanging its hat on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And on the glass, they, they've rebounded well this year. And, and they have one of the best defenses in the country. They have an elite defense. And shots obviously are not falling. And until shots do begin to fall, Tennessee is hanging its hat on defense yeah. and rebounding. And in the midst of, of writing that, to hammer home my point, I, I looked up some of Tennessee's shooting statistics, and they are not pretty, Swain. They they are not pretty. Tennessee has played seven games this year against legitimate opponents, uh, non, non-cupcake uh, games. That's Villanova, that's North Carolina, that's Colorado, Texas Tech, Arizona, Alabama, and Ole Miss. Seven games against legitimate competition. And the shooting woes are slowly becoming a theme for Tennessee in these big games. Against Ole Miss, Tennessee shot 39%. And after that, Tennessee has now shot below 40% in five of those seven games against legitimate competition. And... Some of the numbers within those games are, are really ugly, and it's been even worse from the three-point line uh, how Tennessee has shot the basketball. In those same seven games, Tennessee has only one game in which it has shot better than 30% from the three-point line. One game, and that was against North Carolina. A lot of games in the 20% range, uh, Tennessee has shot from the three-point line. So, like, we – the stats back up what we have felt and what we have seen to the naked eye watching the game, right? But I, I say that I feel better when I look at LSU on paper. I feel better about the game when when I when I look at LSU on paper, despite knowing Tennessee's shooting struggles, because again, Tennessee has a great, great defense in LSU's two biggest weaknesses on offense is that they do have guys that can give you buckets, but they're not very effective when shooting the basketball. Uh, They're 157th in the country uh, 
in effective field goal percentage. And maybe that's a, a little misconstrued, uh, a little inflated, I should say, because their their offensive tempo is one of the faster ones in the country. Uh, they're 15th in average possession length of 15.4 seconds. And obviously when, when you're getting up as many shots, maybe those those field goal percentages will be a little bit inflated. But, but where I really feel good about Tennessee potentially shocking all of us is LSU turns the ball over a ton. Mm. They, they are 205th in, in turnover percentage, turning the basketball over on 19.4% uh, of their possessions. So you watch Tennessee the last couple of games offensively, and, and, you, and you get worried knowing that you're going into a hostile environment against statistically the best defense in the country. But – Tennessee has the second best defense in the country. LSU turns the ball over a ton. Uh, they don't get to the free throw line very much. They they don't shoot all that well from three. So there are some trends with LSU as well that that lend in in Tennessee's favor. Yeah, Xavier Pinson uh, in their last game against Kentucky, he had a couple big plays late, but he had four turnovers in that game, uh, only four assists. And so that turnover to assist ratio was not good for, for you know their experienced point guard, experienced guard. You dropped a whole lot of good stuff here. I, I just want to add to the great um, nuggets that you provided there. And um, Tennessee is really great at turnover margin. And so, just like in football. Do you do you have more possessions than you give up? And remember, at the beginning of the football season, we were counting. All right, man, let's see what this turnover margin is going to be um, in games where you had a good chance to win. If you can be plus one, plus two, you have uh, improved your chances to to win, which makes that new city bowl so frustrating because we were plus two. Anyways, Tennessee, Tennessee is one of the best teams uh, in in the country. Because we are at plus six, plus six point seven. Uh, looks like. Hold on. Uh, yes, top ten in turnover margin at plus six point seven uh, for sixth in the country in turnover margin. So that's a that's a great stat that you just laid out about LSU's inability to take care of the fo- uh, of the basketball. My goodness, basketball. Um, turning the foot, turning the basketball over almost seventeen percent of the time with their possession, so that can be huge, man. Can we convert when they turn the basketball over? Can we convert those turnovers and mistakes into points, or do we back it out and then shoot a three and miss it? Do we go out and get layups after they turn the ball over? That's going to be something to watch, man. Yeah, and stats don't tell the whole story, but they give you a pretty i pretty good idea of how a game is going to be played out. For instance, go back to the Ole Miss game, and Ole Miss had been very good defensively entering the game. They weren't the best on offense, but all the statistics led you to believe that Ole Miss was going to be able to to force turnovers. They had forced double digits in all of their games this season, and forced Tennessee into, what, 17, 19 turnovers mm-hmm. the other night. Mm-hmm. And up until the Tennessee game, they had less turnovers than their opponents. Tennessee forced 27 turnovers, and that was the first time all year in in which Ole Miss's opponent had more or had less turnovers than, than they did. Uh, so going in, you, you could see statistically that, okay, Ole Miss is going to turn Tennessee over. Um, they're, they're, they they defend the three-point line well, and Tennessee didn't shoot all that well from from three. Ole Miss is a good defensive team on paper, and, and that turned out to be true. So stats don't always tell the story, but they, they typically do a really good job of uh, giving you a feel for how the game is, is going to play out. So I, I know it's kind of going into this game, maybe, maybe not a whole lot of confidence from the Tennessee fan perspective, and I mean, I don't have a ton of confidence going into this game, mainly because it's a, a road game. Tennessee hasn't won there since Donnie Tindall 
was the coach. Tennessee hasn't had a ton of luck <laughs> um, in Baton Rouge, and and Will Wade is a good basketball coach, regardless of of what you think of him. They they've got a ton of talent. They they have a team mentality that if Tennessee could find a way to adopt it, it would it would just mean the world for this Tennessee team. I mean, they they would grow leaps and bounds if if they took on the the mentality that this LSU team has. And, and like, I don't think Tennessee's in a bad spot mentally, just in terms of, of taking the next step. They're tougher I mean, mentally. It, yes. They've been tougher yes. than us mentally. It would be huge. So I, I know there's not a lot of confidence from the Tennessee fan perspective, but there are ways that Tennessee can go in and surprise some people. Kim Palm's mm-hmm. calling for a four-point LSU wins 68 to 64. So take the under in this basketball game. Yes. Neither team is is all that great offensively, but both are great defensively. And they they do have some some guys who, who can really give you buckets. You mentioned that, Swain. One name we do need to mention that we have not mentioned yet is their transfer from Cincinnati, Tari Eason, who is a sophomore off the bench forward. He, he leads their team in scoring, yeah. uh, averaging 15.6 points per game, comes off the bench like you just said, mm-hmm. and is currently sixth in the SEC in scoring. So they, they do have some guys outside of the post that can give Tennessee buckets. But, again, a, as we said when we started this conversation, it, it's it's going to boil down to, to really John Fulkerson. And if, if good Folky shows up, then there's a good chance that Tennessee wins this basketball game. If, if bad Folky shows up and Tennessee's not able to to knock down shots as well, then it's it's gonna be a rough night. I think I think Josiah Jordan James was very, very important in the Arizona game because he's someone that 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 physically can bang in the post and rebound, hold his own, but also can make shots on the outside. They can defend multiple positions. Uh he is a leader of this basketball team and mentality wise, he's gonna set the temperature. For, um, for this for this Tennessee team, I thought it was. I won't say weird. You know what? I will say weird. LSU star lineup. There's not one player from Louisiana. Not one player. Tennessee has two players from from Tennessee in a star lineup. But LSU, man, when you think about LSU, you think of homegrown athletes going to. The state school. You look at football and recruiting, and those players rarely make it out of the state. There's a, there's a pride level. There's a pride level of Cajuns playing for LSU. And I can remember the, in the last couple of years on the basketball team, there's always been some LSU, excuse me, some Louisiana homegrown basketball players in the starting lineup. This year's not, man. Reed is from Virginia. Darius Days is from Florida. Uh, Wilkerson, number five, Florida. Uh, excuse me, forward. He's from Las Vegas. Brandon Murray, number zero. Guard, he's from Baltimore, Maryland. And Pinson is from Illinois, transferred over from Missouri. Just, there's not a starter on LSU's team that's from the state of Louisiana. I thought that was weird. Thought that was weird. Is that is is the state of Louisiana? Do they typically turn out basketball talent? Not like football, but they're they just turn out freakish athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, guess they're they're freakish athletes go play football. Yeah, but they I mean they they always have some good football players, but they have good basketball players as well. And those basketball you players know how typically, Will Wade gets down. I do, man. I do. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that that's why you see him bringing in players from all across the country. I we do. know we know how Will Wade gets down. I do know. I do know. I, <laughs> that's I do. Why, it's why he's your your least liked basketball coach <laughs> in college. Man, the thing about Will Wade, he he's he's from Tennessee. He's from Nashville. He graduated at Franklin Rhodes Academy. I know he wanted to be a coach at Tennessee at one point. Word is he was part of the behind the scenes and Diane Tindall getting jammed up. And 
you look at them at LSU, always whining, pitching a fit, doesn't get calls his way. I just, yeah, man, I I want Tennessee to win this game so much. Will Wade's face, it bothers me. It bothers me so much because he can go out here and have big offers that he can, he can, he he's out here offering and nothing happens to him. Everything is all good. They recruit at a high level and everyone knows what they're doing and nothing's done about it. Maybe some of it is jealousy. Maybe some of it is envy, whatever. Still, the team is tough. He does a good job coaching them. Ugh. <clears throat> Got to beat those guys, man. Got to beat them. They're so annoying, man. So annoying. Just like Litter. Litter is very annoying. Yeah. Very, very yes. annoying. There are over 100 million pieces of Litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways at any given time. 60% of water pollution is attributed to Litter. The litter that are that is on the roadways, make uh, its way into the waterways. It destroys natural habitats, damage water quality in Tennessee rivers and streams. So please, please, please keep Tennessee beautiful. The way you do that is join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Stop littering. Let's take care of our state, our state, which is way more beautiful than Louisiana. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, they have good minyes, I heard, whatever. But we got great barbecue. And we have the Smoky Mountains. And it's beautiful as long as we continue to take care of it. And we can do that by joining the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement. 865-200-5503. Man, I, last time I mentioned anything about Comcast, man, it went out. <laughs> so... I'm just going to not mention anything about it, like I just did. You just did. Like I just did, I know. And um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep rolling. I'm going to keep rolling. And uh, we'll, we'll take a quick time out. We'll come back. Uh, we'll put a bow on everything, take phone calls. We'll go to the text box. That's what we're going to do. If that's okay with you, Ben. It's your world. I'm just living in it. Swain Event, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Stay with us. We'll be right back. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Good morning, Swain Event crew. Fall is here, and according to the big box stores, it's Christmas time, too. This time of year is traditionally a busy one for the East Tennessee real estate market, and it will continue through the end of 2021 as well. Most people think the holidays aren't the right time to buy and sell. However, it is one of the best times to jump in the market. To find out more, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, at 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. 
more and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Hope you are having a great morning, a safe, safe morning. Most important thing, please be careful traveling. Not used to these type of conditions here in the South. Anytime you have a northern to try to make a joke about us driving in the South, Give them the give them the salute. Let them know that they're number one. Nobody care what they gotta say. Stop moving down here, then. Yeah, you want to make jokes? Keep your butt up north. Keep your butt on the west coast. If you got jokes, we don't want to hear. We don't want to hear. Eight six five two hundred fifty five. O three is our telephone number. Text box time. Vol fans says, I think we are forgetting that Ron Slay will be in the building at LSU. His presence is worth the extra 10 points for us. No, we ain't forgetting it. We started the show mentioning how awesome this is going to be. Is Ron Slay talking to the team? Vol fans. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he. It's one thing for him to, to 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 call the game with Bob Kessel on the Ball Network, but I don't know how strong his presence will really be if he is not talking to the team. He needs to he be needs talking to, talk to, to the, the team. team. Yes, and then go do the broadcast. I'm a little worried for the Ball Network, though. I mean, if it's a tight game and. Three, four minutes to go. I mean, it, 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 it may be dangerous to, to have Ron Slay on the broadcast. I love it. It may, may be some F, FCC fines. I love it. I love it. We need to turn up. Ron Slay is going to do that for sure. Do you think we have problems if we are solely relying on, on John Fulkerson to step up? Uh, no, because I, I think he can be an all SEC player. Uh, but in, in this particular game, I, I, I think it could be an issue. Uh, Rick, I, we talked about this yesterday morning after the Ole Miss game, Rick strongly said no. When I, when I asked him, um, if, if he thought Kennedy and Folky had, bad games against Ole Miss because they they were coming off of COVID. He, he strongly said no. He, he didn't say no, but word for word, but he his answer alluded to him strongly saying no, saying that they did not practice the way that they played, insinuating that they practiced well going into the game and, and it did not carry over. But I'm going to be honest with you, Swain. I don't believe Rick. <laughs> Or maybe it's not necessarily that I don't believe Rick. It's more that that Rick doesn't want to use that as a crutch. And I, I get it. I agree with it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's hard not to think that COVID, particularly with Folky, that, that co- coming off of COVID didn't have an impact 
on his performance because he didn't look like himself from the jump. And, and I know that he he has had bad games in the past. It's it's documented, well documented. But I, he he looked like a different person even than when he's had regular bad games in the past. He he looked different from the jump against Ole Miss, and and it's hard not to think that it wasn't him at least partly coming off of COVID because he struggled to come back from COVID last year when he had it. And last year, Rick said multiple times that he believed COVID was affecting Folky coming back from, from COVID was affecting him. So I, I like Rick's answer the other night, but part of me's also not necessarily completely believing him because it affected Folky last year. And he he looked completely different on on Wednesday against Ole Miss. So I'm worried about relying on Folky in this particular game because of that. And he, he's further away from having COVID, but he's going to be in an absolute brawl in Baton Rouge in a hostile environment, still coming off of COVID, if that makes sense. So. In totality, I don't worry about Folky because I think he's an all-SEC caliber player. But for this particular game, in this particular hostile environment, I do worry about having to rely upon him. Let's go to the phones, 865-255-03. Uh, good morning. Yo. What's up, what's up? Who do we have? Your boy, Jason. What's going on? What's up, Jason? Good morning, man. Chilling, man. I thought about you yesterday when the news broke. I said, Jason was just talking about Tyler Barron. I know y'all talking about basketball right now. You don't mind if I change the subject? No, go for it. I was like, and not a man gone. Yeah, I mean, um, Tennessee Prime, there was, there was rumors leading up to that show that he was asked about. I didn't think he answered the question directly. It might have, you know, calmed a lot of other people's nerves about him leaving or answer that question, but I still felt like he was someone that still could leave because his father was on the staff and his father stepped down. Uh, it was done real quietly. It wasn't an announcement uh, at all. And so you give credit to Hypo and the company for not let, let not letting that be a distraction during the season, but it happened during the season. And uh, I felt like Tyler was affected by that. And I felt like he was always going to be a guy that potentially might enter the portal. And here we are. Okay. And you being can probably correct me if I'm wrong. My only issue with this is why didn't he leave when if they transfer out, you can replace him? What do you mean? You know, if you left at a certain time, you transferred out at a certain time. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, be, you can be able to replace that player with the, um, the transfer portal because he left so late. It's like we're not going to be able to replace him. That's correct, right? No, we can still replace him. So we'll still get another number to be able to get a lineman in the transfer portal? I mean, you guess Max is seven. That was going to be seven if he left a week ago, two months ago, three months ago. Still was going to be seven. But the numbers will be down. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I don't think the, the him leaving at a certain time would have been different. As far as being okay. able to replace them, this number is still the same, which is which is seven. Uh, you can go out and get now if you want to. You can you can always recruit over that number in high school and then back back count it and count it towards the next year's class. But yeah, I mean, I understand what you what you what you're trying to say, but mm -hmm. he him leaving at this point, it didn't matter if he left yesterday or if he left left three months ago. You still got to replace that number, and you don't get an extra number based on when he leaves. And he, he's not going to – even so, he's not going to make a decision that's best for Tennessee. <laughs> he, he's going to make a decision uh, on what's best for him on his own time. I feel you on that, man. On when signing day come up, man, y'all boys should do something, man. Y'all should, you know, set up remote so somebody can come check y'all out. Y'all keep Sam in Knoxville, man. I don't see y'all in the streets every day, man. Well, we we normally do the show that in each and every year. Um, this year we're going to be unable to do it. Uh, we we will see, man. We will see. I mean, COVID has really impacted 
uh, our program in different ways. In other ways, we still been able to power through, but um, that has impacted us doing a show at, at Dead End Barbecue with everything that they've had to try to overcome to continue to provide great service and, and be a staple uh, in Knoxville community. So we'll see, man. No no promises, Jason. It takes a lot to do to do that stuff, and it takes people you know, being able to come in and, and fill in uh, here in the studio and produce. So uh, we'll see. We'll look at it. No no promises, though. Before I let y'all go, man, I left Pennsylvania to get away from this, man. So what's going on? Oh, this one ain't fair, nothing compared fair, to Pennsylvania. <laughs> but one Saturday, you know what I'm saying? It was like in the 60s, and then by Sunday night, Monday, we got snow. Y'all, y'all confused me out here, man. Hey, this is this is how it is here, man. Actually, it was like seven. It was like almost 70 something one day, and then two days, three days later, it like snow. I think Don called in earlier this week and, and mentioned that. But yeah, this is this is how it is in Tennessee. But the thing is, it'll be gone. Um, and we we get this once or twice, maybe three times a season, and then boom, it's 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 done. But Pennsylvania, you guys deal with this a whole lot longer. So you make the right decision. Yeah. Come on down here. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's still up there at Penn State, man. She said it's like eleven degrees and she said that she needs help shoveling out her car. Well, I ain't there to do that no more, so I don't <laughs> She's struggling up there. You better find somebody to help because you can't do that, man. You down here in the south now, so. But Jason, man, I was in Nashville, man. Where were you? Man, I, I didn't call y'all. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna, ain't gonna, ain't gonna even front. Uh, I ain't even front. I'm, me and the old lady was tied up running around. It was our second time in Nashville, and in fact, we're going to Nashville again. Um, this coming Friday, they got some R and B concert with like Brandy and Monica. We got tickets oh. to that. So oh, I'll be man. Back up there again. Oh, man. That's going to be love right there. That'll be great, man. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see Boys Cement. They there, too, man. So, Ooh. but I got to catch up with. Yep. I'm trying, I'm trying to do the um, romantic thing. Me and my wife have been together 19 years. It's coming March. Oh, man. Congratulations, man. That's the way to spend it right there, little Boys and Men. All right, now, Jason. Enjoy. All right. All right. Y'all fellas, hold it down. All right. See you. Jason about to go to Nashville. Go to. R&B concert. Oh, man. Do your thing, Jason. Lay out the red also, carpet. I, I'm sure there, there's a a, a a fine young man up in Penn State that would love to shovel the snow away and help your daughter out, Jason. Tell, tell her to get a boyfriend just for that reason. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> Vaughn Chris Cub says, Thank Swain, I think you passed COVID through my phone. Wasn't able to watch Ja the Goat Morant. Listen, I tested negative, okay? All I said was I had COVID symptoms. I didn't test positive. Ja the Goat, MVP, best point guard in the league, all-star starter, soon-to-be world champ, NBA Finals MVP Morant. Uh, Steph Curry plays point guard. Man. Don't get carried away. John Morant's the best point guard in the league. Don't get carried away. Steph is the best shooter in the league. John Morant is the best point guard. Man, don't get carried away. No. You need to wake up. I I know you're a John Morant hater. You have been. Oh, my gosh. Since he he was drafted by Memphis because you hate my teams. (sighs) Here we go. And don't start that with me. I said the other day that Ja was second in MVP voting behind Steph Curry. Okay, that has nothing to do with the point you just made, which is point guard, best point guard in the league, and Steph Curry plays point guard. Okay, but here's the the deciding factor. Ja plays for the Grizzlies. Steph don't. There you go. You you have admitted that you're biased. 1,000%. All right, there we go. At least you admitted it. Uh, Volstorm. His text is even loud. In caps, he says, did Ben get new tires yet? Nope. <laughs> oh, man. Let's go back to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do we have with us? Hello? Hello? Hey, it's Mike in North Georgia. Hey, Mike. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm good, guys. How y'all doing? <laughs> I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm over here. Over here thinking about Ben's comment about Jason's daughter finding somebody to shove his car. Then I'm looking at the text box and everyone's like, "Man, go Jason! Going to the concert for his anniversary. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun night for Jason." 
<laughs> just yeah, flooded. You better be careful with that kind of advice, man. If you end up with a little girl, man, it's gonna be a game changer, right? All right. I'm 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 sure I'm sure I'm sure Jason. I'm just saying. I'm prepared. I'm sure there's people willing to help his his daughter shovel snow out of the way. No, you're right for sure. If there's any hey, gentleman okay. up there, they should she should be able to find somebody. I mean, exactly. She's in the south; she wouldn't have a problem because we have gentlemen everywhere. That's, That's very true. true. This is God country. That's right, guys. I got a question about the Ole Miss game, the basketball game. Okay. All right, Ben, you mentioned, I think yesterday, I've been in and out just because I'm trying to catch up from holiday break still at work. But We have been uh, too. You mentioned Ole Miss's luck regarding their threes, the percentage of points that they get there usually versus what they got against us. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you used the word luck. You know, Tennessee's luck, Ole Miss's luck. Man, it feels like it's the same issue for us of just overhelping defensively. It feels yes. like that hurts us in every game. Yes, it's 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 been – Swain can attest because obviously he has had to listen to me for the last several years. But for, for our longtime Swain event listeners, they have heard me voice my frustrations with Tennessee's overhelping, dating back to when Grant and, and Admiral were here to where if, if somebody gets beat off the ball, whoever – is is in the corner or just flat out on the wing, they overhelp and, and leave their man wide open. And, and I, I understand the importance of, of help defense, but it, it seems that they help a, a little bit too much. And, and I'm no basketball genius. <laughs> I, I'm not an X's and O's expert, but the, the overhelping has frustrated me for years. And, and that was that was the case on, on Wednesday against Ole Miss. Uh, and... Ole Miss, you, you mentioned the, the luck aspect. It, it seemed like Tennessee had bad luck with the three. Uh, Ole Miss had not been shooting the three all that well entering the, the Tennessee game. And statistically, Tennessee has not allowed opponents to shoot it all that well uh, from three this year. But I do think that the overhelping gets Tennessee in in trouble more often than I like it. And that was the case on on Wednesday against Ole Miss. And I'm sure there will be instances tomorrow night in which somebody overhelps somebody that got beat off the ball and LSU players left open for three and, and knocks it down and it'll frustrate me in that moment as well. So I completely agree with your point. Nice yeah, it, it, it's absolutely maddening to see um, just because, you know, I mean, just the difference in giving up three versus two, you know, I, I would, I would really rather give up yes. the two, even if it's a, a momentum, kind of changing plays and a big three because it seems to happen over and over again, like you've said. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's just kind of what I wanted to point out because it, it really felt like it, it reared its head against Ole Miss, just guys running everywhere to help. And, you know, some shooter just, just left wide open to, to splash the three. But just wanted to mention that, guys. Hope you all are having a good week. Have a great weekend and happy New Year to you guys. Hey, thank you, Mike. Appreciate you, man. And they were helping off guys that that just could not miss from three. That that was the even more frustrating part for me is when Matthew Morrell is is one of the best three point shooters in the SEC, and you're you're helping off of him. Like like Mike just said, give up the two. I, I understand again. I understand the importance of help defense, and you, you want to help your teammate out if, if they get beat off the ball and can't stay in front of their man. But give up the layup and, and instead of helping off of the, the one of the best three-point shooters in the SEC and giving him a wide-open three in the corner. That was very frustrating. And they also did it with Ty Fagan as, as well. Not that he is Matthew Morrell or anything, but he was on fire from three against Tennessee. Finished, what was it, five of five of eight? Uh, he finished five of six from three. Ty Fagan did, and and they were helping off of him. So th- there are some guys that that you're willing to rotate off of and and leave open, but certain guys it's a no no, and it, and that's frustrating to me. Swain. It's a reaction. It's a natural reaction, man. When you see somebody open, or you or you see that your man is getting beat. Now you do enter the game with a um, scout report. If you if you're guarding a shooter. And it's hey, don't don't help off this guy. That there's certain certain players that have that scout report. And I don't know if 
entering that game, we had the scout report on the Ole Miss player that was on fire. Maybe during the course of the game, you change it, knowing that he's you know four for four or five for five, um, and then you see sometimes when the ball is being rotated by the by the offense, and and we just we just fly it out, making sure that the open shooter has a hand in his face, and then the offense does a really good job of of moving the ball and finding an open shooter. Those those things tend to happen, but I overhelping has been something that Rick Barnes has talked about in, you know in the past. Um, it's maybe one of the bugaboos of, of ha- having uh, a great defense is that, man, you're flying around so fast, so hard. It's a reaction, man, just to just to go. You don't think about it. You just go and, and help and go and put your hand in the face of an open shooter. And sometimes it, is ha- it has gotten you in trouble. But most times, most times it has benefited Tennessee. Most times. And Tennessee would not be the defensive team they are right now if it has not paid off in most cases. But you guys make a really, really good point. Uh, i got a couple minutes. I want to go to the text box before we wrap up today's show. Volstorm says, teach her to shovel her own snow and not depend on anyone. That is the advice Volstorm gave to Jason, which is a great advice. Um, she can do that, too. She can do that, too. Riley Vol says, Jason is going to be like Anthony Adams in that yellow suit at the R&B concert. Jason going to have that. Loud suit on, no shirt on, taco meat coming out the chest. He's going to be ready to go for the R&B concert. He, he will dress the part. Man, you have fun, he, Jason, he, man. He, he's going to pull up like a uh, old uh, <laughs> Spice Adams out, out the car. One foot out the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason sent me the, the flyer, man. Charlie Wilson, boys and men. Monica, Genuine, Jagged Edge, Soul For Real, Candy Rain. Oh, man. Rough Ends, Rome. They put them at the bottom. But, yeah, Boys and Men, Charlie Wilson, that's the, that's the headliner right there. Oh, yeah, Jason's going to have a good time. Jason's going to have a real good time. 865-255-03. Who I can't help but think of. <laughs> In that moment, thinking of who Jason's going to look like, what was the uh, the crazy character in Tyler Perry's House of Pain? <laughs> not Mr. Not Brown. The, uh, Mr. Brown. Yeah, Mr. Brown. <laughs> He's going to show up looking like Mr. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Jason, don't don't let Ben do you like that, man. You, you will at least match. Uh, I don't know. He's going to pull up like Mr. Brown to that RB concert in Nashville. Rodney actually sounds like Mr. Brown. Oh, Rod, I have given Rodney the the Mr. Brown comp before. Yeah, yeah. Rod, Rodney is definitely Mr. Brown. He's in, he's embraced night, it too. I mean, he should. I mean, Mr. Brown's hilarious. One of my all time <laughs> favorite TV characters. Oh man, uh, Kevin Houston. We did miss out on this, and that is Admiral Schofield signed a ten day contract with the Magic. That was good. That was good. Jennifer Moore says, good thing Jodeci isn't there or Jason will be expecting another little one soon. That's true. That is true. I told this story before. I was I was out and about, and uh, I think it was in the mall, and someone approached me. He's like, hey, man, hey, man, you got to buy this CD. I was like, what is a CD? He's like, man, it's called it's called Nine Months. I was like, what is, what is that? He's like, man, it's an R&B CD, man. You listen to this, you're going to be expecting a baby in nine months. I was like, oh, all right. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't want no part of that. I'm good. No, thank you. Um, how about the mobile kid at safety that we just offered? Our recruiting expert, Ben McKee. Yeah. Is he a baller? I didn't see it. I did not see it either, quite frankly. Yeah, I did not. I did not see the kid. We just we just offered from from mobile. Offers are are very fickle. Um, there's just so many thrown out <laughs> that it's hard to know which offers are for real and, and which offers aren't for real. Now, well, honestly, uh, 20, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to add a, a 2022 offer at this point is significant because signing day is in less than a month. 
and and they're not going to be offering kids at this point just to to offer them like they offered a defensive lineman jason jenkins last week and and that is significant he's going to take a visit here um but other than that offers are just they're fickle we offer so many tennessee's a team that throws out a wide net wide net so honestly i have not i have not seen is this 23 kid or 22 kid we throwing out late offers in this class or this is a offer from for next year did i see it we had to go to the research department quickly and find out who that who that was 865-255-03. We need safety help. I don't care how many guys announcing that they're coming back. We need help at that position. Portal or freshman, I do not care. We need help at that position. Riley Vall, any word on verse in, t- in terms of commitment date? Man, it's supposed to be really, really, really soon. Really soon. I thought we would be – I thought we'd know something by now, but man, he wants to make the best decision, the right decision. And uh, it's tough. It's down to the wire for him. And I think he's kind of going back and forth on which team he, he wants. And it just speaks to the, the push that Tennessee has made. It speaks to the, the sell that Florida State has made. We need him in a big way right now, losing a body in – and Tyler Barron. Hopefully Tennessee is able to close the deal. Maybe we need to get Ben on the phone with them and uh, push him over the top. Chip Payne says, I-E-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means? In my little bootsy voice. Little boozy voice. Said Jason's daughter can rock that. Be independent and show that snow. <laughs> no, we we cannot hype up Lil Boozy today. Not not the day before. Oh Tennessee yeah, that's right. That's right. He's Louisiana. A, he's a Louisianan. That's right. Yes, we, Louisiana. That's what they call it. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're no, not hyping him up. Today. No Lil Wayne. No Lil Boozy. No Louisiana hip hop music today. Nope. I'm still rocking Christmas music right now. So whatever. For what? Because it's good. And it's still cold I, outside. It is snowy I, I, outside. I agree that Christmas music is good, but Christmas is over. I haven't taken my tree down yet. It's still I up. Took, I, uh, I am slow to, to put up the Christmas tree, but I am quick to take the Christmas tree down. I took the Christmas tree down last weekend. Yeah, we still got still got decorations up in the house. This week has been, has been terrible. <laughs> this week has been... Terrible with ducking and dodging COVID, and and um, it's been rough. So that's why we usually take the tree down and all the decorations and stuff um, this week, the week after the New Year's. But it hasn't been the case. It hasn't been the case at all. But the kids like it. The kids like it, hundred percent. Riley Vall, quick last question. Does Verse have a higher ceiling than Barron? I know Barron has more potential than production. Just curious how they prepare. Oh, man. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Tyler has more years. Well, Vert, I forget off the top of my head how many years Verse has, but that that is a great question. <clears throat> I do not have an answer. I, I am – not a football coach, so I, I, I would not provide a a proper answer for you. It's hard. Um, it's hard to answer that right now. As we, um, I rep- think Verse has as many years because he was just a freshman this past year at Albany. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pu- I'm pulling up his um, profile as as we speak. We got time, man. It's- as soon as I said that, I, looked, I reached over and pulled the volume down on the outro music. Perfect timing. Perfect timing, Ben. Jeff Verse. 
Oh man, the prediction they had—they got them predicted to go to Florida State here on uh, two four seven crystal ball. But you know, sometimes that's not—that's not always not always accurate. Two thousand nineteen prospect does not say how many years he has left. If he was a nineteen prospect, then he's played two or three years. That's a good question, man. Who has the, the more the higher ceiling between the two? I'm leaning towards verse, though. Just what I hear about his personality, his work ethic, what he brings to a locker room. I'm going to go with verse. It's not like we have verse already. People are kind of like, hey, man, verse will be the replacement. Well, we got to get him first to be the replacement. Still not officially here yet. So hopefully we sign that, that deal, get him on Rocky Top. And then he could truly be a replacement for Tyler Barron if, in fact, Tyler Barron goes on and goes to another school. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Swain event fueled by Dead and Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. 865-255-03 is always our telephone number here to the program. Hour 3 is powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com, reinventing men's health care. Y'all have a great day, great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Be safe, be careful. Peace and love. We are out.